This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chineo Gumake. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, 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 what is going on, good people? Welcome back to the station, Destination Debbie. You know who it is that you're hosting this here thing that we do, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. If you're listening to this in the car, on your way to work, at lunch, in the gym, at home, on the train, on the plane, make sure you subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast. You can check me out everywhere that podcasts are found, as well as on DLF. The Destination Debbie podcast is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, so head on over to DLF, check out all the other great content over there to help you dominate your dynasty leagues. But if you're watching this on YouTube, I appreciate you. Thank you for stopping by. I've got a good show in store for you today. This is the Rookie Report Week 9 edition. We are going through these rookies, talking about what happened this past week, what we should think moving forward, how to value them in dynasty leagues. And I'm here to tell you there were some good performances this week, but none better None better than the quarterback, Justin Herbert. I mean, he's just, he is fantastic. Fantastic. And we'll get to Justin Herbert in a second. But before we get started, you know, when, when I do this, my, my goal of this content, my goal of this YouTube channel, of the podcast, of all of this stuff is to provide actionable and entertaining content. A lot of people can disseminate information, give you stats, read all these cool things to you, give you the information, but it's kind of dull. It's lame. It's stale. It's not fresh. Like I want this to be entertaining. I am always, always thinking of ways to incorporate engagement amongst the fans. And if you've seen how fast the Destination Debbie community has grown over the past three months, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I never would have expected something like this to sort of uh, unfold before my eyes just in a short period of time. And the newest thing that has really piqued my interest, really kind of gotten me thinking about new ways to engage the casual fan, new ways to nerd out even more in this football space is this entire trading card thing. It is 
it's the wildest thing that I've ever, I did not know there was this large community of people who are into this and not just into it. They love it. They love finding and and opening these cards and collecting their favorite players or their favorite teams or favorite positions. It's really a, it's like speaking, it's, it's learning Spanish for me, you know, learning about the different packs and the different, the different cards that are, that hold value. And what I'm going to do, I'm working on some things behind the scenes. We're still a couple of, couple of weeks away from actually launching it, but is to add, it's adding a Destination Debbie box break experience within the Patreon group. I, I'm talking to a couple of people and we're, we're figuring out how to get the premium stuff, not, not the stuff you get at Walmart or Target. And I'm not here to slam on you if that's what you do. But I want the good stuff. I want the legitimate six cards per pack, one box per case type stuff. Like I want the good stuff. And we are going to offer that over on Destination Debbie, patreon.com forward slash all gas, starting in the all American tier. And if you head on over to patreon.com right now, forward slash all gas, you can save 10% off of your monthly and or annual membership. And I'm telling you that the things that we're doing over there, the growth of the channel, the growth of the community, and this inclusion of this trading card world inside of a fantasy space. It just makes sense. You know, I'm watching these guys open up these cards and they they can barely pronounce the players' names, right? They're just opening it and people are looking, but why not engage and talk about why this card should be valuable in a couple of years? Let me let me tell you what's on the horizon 2-3 years from now so you can get excited about those card pack release dates. It's it's really cool and I'm somebody who uh, in my former life, big time sneaker collector, big time uh, sneaker collector, sneaker head. I mean, LeBron corks, all type of rare shoes, the Derek Jeter ones, like very much into that stuff. And this really reminds me of the football sports world of that kind of that shoe space. So this is, this is something I'm very much interested in, very much looking forward to. So I'm just giving y'all a taste, a sneak peek, but that is what's coming. More good stuff cooking at Destination Debbie. And if you're not a part of the community, I promise you, not only are you missing out staying ahead of your league mates as far as dynasty and fantasy football is concerned, but you're missing out on some fun stuff that's cooking up over there every single day. But week nine, man, there were, there were some, there were some good performances. I would say it wasn't, you know, the best week for rookie performances. It's sort of, we're getting to that point. We know the usual suspects. We we know the players who are good, or at least we think are going to be good long term, but it's always good for confirmation. It's always good to continue to see these players grow and play better and do better. And I want to start with the Buffalo Bills and Zach Moss. Now, I've, I've talked about Zach Moss multiple times being the running back you want to own in Buffalo. And although he did not have a huge stat line, nine for 18, he did score a touchdown, uh, caught two passes for 30 yards. He's the back. I'm actually trading. I am actively trying to pursue and acquire Zach Moss in Dynasty. He's the running back you want moving forward. Devin Singletary, two carries this game, one yard, you know, three catches, 33 yards. He had three targets, but Zach Moss, they clearly want to feature him moving forward. And in a high powered offense like the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen playing out of his mind this year, he's a player that 
I still believe because of the pre-draft narrative surrounding Zach Moss, a lot of people are still kind of turned off. They ain't really feeling Zach Moss, which gives you an opportunity to acquire him below what his market value probably should be because of that pre-draft narrative. So it was good to see Zach Moss. And in that same game, DJ Dallas, you know, do I think DJ Dallas is this long-term, legitimate, high-end fantasy asset? No, I don't. But as we've seen throughout this season, the running back position just gets decimated quick. I mean, it's you go from RB1 to RB6 in no time in the NFL. So when you've got a player like DJ Dallas, who has shown an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, that does have that prototypical size to handle the workload if something were to happen to your RB1 or RB2. And things have happened to Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde. And DJ Dallas has filled in admirably. He's scoring touchdowns every single week. He's getting opportunity. He's getting volume. Now, this game got away from Seattle early, which forced Russell Wilson to have to throw the ball more. He also turned the ball over two or three times in this game, which didn't hurt, didn't help DJ Dallas. But he's a player that I'm still like, yes, you can go out and get DJ Dallas. What's what's it going to cost you in Dynasty? A third round pick? Maybe, you know, so DJ Dallas, uh, Gabe Davis is another player from Buffalo that that's performing very well. I think next year it could be Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. So Davis Moss from the Bills. I want some of those Buffalo Bills on my fantasy teams. And then DJ Dallas from Seattle. Definitely interested in him given his cost. It doesn't cost too much. All right. Credit is given where credit is due. And Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos Listen, I know they lost versus Atlanta, but for fantasy, that's what we care about. We don't care about the wins and losses. Well, if you're a Broncos fan, you do. But Jerry Judy, 14 targets. There we go. Looking like the Jerry Judy of Alabama. Finally looking like the number one receiver for the Broncos. He out-targeted. He out-snapped Tim Patrick. I know Tim Patrick was a little banged up coming into the game, but a lot of people thought that he may be the, the number one, the de facto number one in Denver, and that's not the case. Jerry Judy, 7 for 25, 1 TD, 17.9 yards of reception. And man, listen, y'all know me. I don't give a I don't give a damn how you separate. I want you to be able to create separation some way, shape, or form. And Jerry Judy happens to be one of the best route running wide receivers I've ever seen. Like he's 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 up there with one of the best route runners in the NFL right now. You're talking about Diggs, Keenan Allen, as far as elite technicians at the position. Jerry Judy is an elite technician, and we saw that repeatedly last Sunday and they left a couple of yards on the field because of some inaccurate passes from Drew Locke but to see Judy get in the game and the ball out the way he did KJ Hamler had a good game six for 75 on 10 on 10 targets man uh, hey you got Judy you get Sutton back next year Hamler commanding that slot Noah Fant at tight end you've got an explosive offense there so Jerry Judy paying dividends right now down the stretch like we talk about. It takes receivers a little bit of time to get acclimated to the NFL game. No offseason, no really preseason games, none of that stuff. Jerry Judy starting to play like the first round pick that he was. Kudos and good job for Jerry Judy. All right, so now, now we have a conversation about Jonathan Taylor. We have a conversation about JT. And let me start by saying this. Jonathan Taylor is supremely talented. I think he is still one of the most talented, 
prospects that we've seen enter the NFL draft at the running back position in 2020. I think he's the most talented running back that we saw, like just pure talent production in college, what he did at the combine, his size, his speed, his situation. But right now it's just not clicking for JT. It's not, it's not clicking for Jonathan Taylor. And I know a lot of people were like, well, he started the game off on fire. He looked great. He had one 11-yard run. It was a toss play to the left. Wide ass open. I mean, no kind of juking ability. I could have picked up six yards on the play. That was his longest run pre-fumble. Then he makes a decent run, fumbles the ball, return fumble six. I think we're stretching. We're stretching to make excuses for Jonathan Taylor. Had this been anybody else, if this were Kalen Balazs, we'd say he stinks. If this were uh, Melvin Gordon, nobody would be excited. But it's because of the expectation we put on JT coming into the season, we are finding excuses as to why his disappointing season is acceptable. And right now it's not. It's not. I think that the lack of a traditional offseason did not help Jonathan Taylor. We were excited about the landing spot in Indy because the Colts had one of the top offensive lines, according to every analytical metric out there. But this season, they've been a bottom five run blocking unit. They have not been good. They're not a good offensive line. And if you go back and look at Jonathan Taylor, any highlight from him at Wisconsin he ran with burst. He ran with confidence. He he trusted his reads. He trusted his feet. He trusted his eyes. He trusted the blocking scheme. He's not doing it right now. He's not doing it right now. And you can spin it any way you want. He's not playing good football right now. But there is a silver lining in this. I still believe in the talent and the draft capital. And when you look at a player like Ronald Jones, who doesn't have half the talent that Jonathan Taylor does, rookie season, 44 rushing yards, turns right back around in his second year, over 700 rushing yards, 1,000 total yards. It's it's within his range of outcomes, 100%. If I had a good deal on the table, would I trade Jonathan Taylor? Absolutely, I already did it. I already did it in the league. Traded him, sorry, gone, bye. But I, I'm not right, I'm not closing the door on what he could be in the future. Just right now, it ain't happening. So JT, kind of a letdown um, this past weekend. Kind of a letdown from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, on the other side of the ball, J.K. Dobbins finally received the, the the bulk of the touches, or he led the team in running back carries. Wasn't good, 12 for 30, still big on J.K. Dobbins in the in the for the long term, but this past game wasn't his best game. Uh, two targets in the receiving game. He caught both of those only for five yards. Michael Pittman Jr., the big wide receiver out of USC, 6'4", over 215 pounds. He looked good. Led the Colts in receiving yards by one over Zach Pascal. Had seven targets, so he's a player that I'm definitely interested in getting. Uh, could be the future at the wide receiver position for the Indianapolis Colts, especially when they upgrade the quarterback position. So let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Tua Tungabaloa. Tua, Tua, baby, 20 for 28, 248, two touchdowns, no interceptions, took three sacks, ran the ball seven times for 35 yards, got Devontae Parker involved, six for 64. They lost Preston Williams in this game, but Tua, baby, hey, go back to any of the early Destination Debbie podcasts, for the longest time until the injury happened, Tua was my quarterback one over Herbert, over Joe Burrow. I believed just to, I saw everything I needed to see from Tua. January of 2017 versus Georgia in the national championship game. When he comes in at halftime for Jalen Hurts, takes that team to overtime, 
first play of overtime, takes a 17-yard sack. 17-yard sack. First play of overtime for Alabama having the ball. Takes a sack. What would most college teams do at that point? It's second and 27. Uh, we're going to run the ball, kick the field goal, play good defense, right? We'll take. We'll go to double OT. Not Nick Saban, not Tua. Drops back, looks the safety off to the right, comes back to the left, throws a dime to Devonta Smith down the left sideline. Game over. Ice water in his veins. Walk off national championship win for Tua. At that point in time, that was all I needed to see. Tua is a stud. Tua is awesome, and I'm glad to see him back on the field healthy after suffering what many people overreacted and said his career was over. He'll never be. Just stop saying that stuff. Y'all don't know what the hell these players are going to do, what they're made of, modern medicine and technology. His career is over. Get the hell out of here, man. Tua is an absolute stud. We look at Clyde Edwards, Elaine, Kansas City. Here's the thing with Clyde. Clyde is still a top 12 running back in PPR. Clyde scored a touchdown. He had five carries. Le'Veon Bell had four carries. Le'Veon, he looks bad. You know, a lot of people were really panicked about Bell in this backfield. He doesn't look good. Clyde hasn't looked great lately, but he hasn't looked bad either. Here's the thing. If Clyde is in the game plan, if he is a part of the game plan, he's going to cook. He's going to feast. This is, I, I cannot stress this enough. Listen to me, folks. He was the definition, the epitome of a luxury pick by Kansas City. He was a luxury pick by Kansas City. They didn't need him. They won a Super Bowl with their leading rusher going sub 500 yards. They didn't need a running back. We thought that was going to be the dream landing spot because of that offense and Andy Reid and Brian Westbrook. And we saw what, you know, what all these other players were able to do. Kareem Hunt. That was at the beginning of the Patrick Mahomes era. This team is and for the next 10 years will be revolve around the passing game, period. They didn't pay him half a billion dollars to run the ball 40 times a game. That ain't going to happen with Kansas City. If Clyde is in the game plans, he will crush. If he's not, Patrick Mahomes is going to sling it around. 18 targets for Hill, 12 targets for Kelsey, 4 for Hardman, 5 for Edwards Elaire, 3 for Demarcus Robinson. I mean, they threw about 45 times in this game. Now, granted, they were down a little bit. They had to come back. You know, it was a tight game. I'm not worried about Clyde is what he is. He's going to be a good complimentary running back. All the talk of Dynasty RB3, uh, top three Dynasty running back, no. Top five Dynasty running back, no. Top 10, yeah, I'd, I'd probably still say that. At, at minimum, at worst, he's the top 12 Dynasty running back, which is fine, which is fine. He's still one of the top uh, leaders after this past weekend in total yards from scrimmage. He got in the end zone. If he scores a little bit more, we're not as panicked about Clyde. I'm not worried about him. He's going to be a back-end RB1, high-end RB2, and we need those in fantasy football. Another running back who played well, DeAndre Swift, 13 for 64, got involved in the receiving game. Stafford got hurt. Chase Daniels comes in. Carrion Johnson still involved. It's frustrating. Adrian Peterson still taking carries. It's frustrating. But DeAndre Swift, five targets in the receiving game. It's good to see him get more opportunity this game, right? More opportunity for Swift. 16 total touches in this game. So DeAndre Swift, another one of those running backs where, like J.K. Dobbins, it's we're probably not going to get D. Swift unlocked this year, but the 
the seed has been planted of what he can be in the future. So still excited about uh, DeAndre Swift, Justin Jefferson, solid game, three for 64. But the game that I want to talk about and the player I want to focus on real quick, which is going to lead us into a little bit of rankings conversation, is Justin Herbert. Howitzer Herbert, man. I mean, I just love it. I just love He's just slinging it around. I saw a comparison on Twitter, and please just take this with a grain of salt. We know that these two quarterbacks are not these individuals right now, but Joe Burrow is the Tom Brady of this rookie class, and Justin Herbert is the Patrick Mahomes of this rookie class. I mean, he's he's slinging it around. I mean, he's making... He's making people relevant that I've never heard of in my life. Tyron Johnson. He's got Mike Williams looking like a dominant number two wide receiver next to Keenan Allen being the stud that he is. He can run the ball. Uh, Herbert is Herbert is legit. So legit. We're going to take a look. If you're watching on YouTube, lucky for you, you get a little bit of a, you get to see a little bit of the Debbie database. I know I talk about it a lot. Patreon, what kind of rankings does Ray have? My shit is legit, folks. It's legit. All right. So we're going to take a look at a little bit of what I've done uh, with my patrons. Patreon.com forward slash August for my rankings and my cornerstone rankings. Major update. Major update after this past weekend of football. And this is what we're looking like right now. My top five it, cornerstone rankings takes for those of you who don't don't know you're you're not watching. It's three years worth of prospects. What do we build our foundation of our dynasty teams with? So I look at the 2019 class, the 2020 class, and the 2021 group of players, and I rank them according to where I would take them in dynasty startups, the value. And this is assuming superflex format. So I've got Justin Herbert sitting at player four. He is fourth in my cornerstone rankings. The only players that I have ahead of Herbert are DK Metcalf, Trevor Lawrence, and Kyler Murray at the top. Right after Herbert, I've got Joe Burrow, followed by AJ Brown, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Tua Tungavailoa coming in at player nine in the rankings, and the top 10, Justin Fields as that quarterback. Right after Fields, we've got J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Terry McLaurin, Clyde edwards Lair, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, and Antonio Gibson. So right now, there is there are only two quarterbacks within the next you know three-year window that I would take ahead of Justin Herbert, and that's Trevor Lawrence and Kyler Murray. That is it. Now, of course, you've got... Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, but that does not factor into the cornerstone rankings as you can see here. Herbert is that freaking good, folks. He's that legit. Uh, love everything about his game, and he's still learning. I mean, they just threw him into the fire after Tyrod got hurt. He didn't even, he wasn't even taking starters reps during training camp. He was prepared to be the backup. So how much better can he get with an improved offensive line with uh, a competent running back. They're rolling out Kalen Balazs, man. Kalen Balazs, Hunter Henry. I don't like Hunter. I'm not a Hunter Henry fan, all right? Justin Herbert is legit. If we were redoing the 2020 rookie draft right now, he would be my quarterback one over Burrow. And I think Tua's got, Tua's making a case to push. Uh, the point is, the quarterback position is in great hands, folks. When you've got... Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence, Herbert Burrow, Tua, Fields incoming. The quarterback position is in fantastic 
hands. And these rankings extend to a top 100. I, I rank them uh, in, in subgroups of 100. After we get to like player, I, I had it to like 120, but those guys, when we're talking about Foster Moreau and Dawson Knox, it's it's not even really a point. These are the players um, who we should be you know paying attention to. Terry McLaurin makes a huge jump. He is such... I think he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. Terry McLaurin is that good and maybe even a little higher. He is quarterback proof doing it without, you know, an elite quarterback. So just wanted to give you a little insight as to what I do with these cornerstone rankings. Um, but that's it. That is it for the rookie review, uh, rookie report. I don't, I don't even know what the hell the show is called. Rookie review, rookie, rookie report. Appreciate you dropping by. Thank you to Sleeper Wire. Sleeper Wire, my boy Hoos, man. My boy Hoos running Sleeper Wire, sponsoring this show, making Destination Debbie great. I appreciate y'all listening, tuning in, subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up button. If you need me, if you need questions answered, patreon.com forward slash all gas. We got you covered over there to help you Debbie and Dynasty better. But that is it. I am out. Have a great rest of the week. We'll be back. Soon. Peace.